Tell Fere Drieg, Jedriendere Mandere Mande, Paras Bongele Jegege Bangele Taya Brafangele De, Ore Sabano Robose De, Shano Maranduna Mandere Mandere Marige Dea, Tolo Brose Bede Dia Chaporo, Mana Sokoye Gele Gele Jigiana de Bangele, Moroso Bondere Maradriegta, Haradrushe. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bandono moroso bongele jegeje boro alvigere beste karabrue shigiataya. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. 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 Corosso bondini maradriange. Tell every esse pedibore and diandi di maci. Colosso porro diandi di mara. Balaboros bengele jegege. Palabalegele corosso pondini mana. Enclare drieg de manse. Kele si kere gojera. For the most cara friende. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And his mercy endureth forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Thank God. Well, it's a good day. Praise the Lord. My apologies for those of you that were trying to pray with me at 530. I, I intended on praying at 530 uh, this morning. Pastor, continue to Continue to uh, thank the Lord for Pastor Annie's healing. Uh, we're, we're continuing to trust that she's going to receive a manifestation of healing in her body. We know that she's, by the stripes of Jesus, we were, we are, and we forever will be healed. Now we're thanking him for the manifestation. But, um, you know, we need, to, we need to exercise our faith for everyone in this church. And uh, for every, for every uh, man, woman, boy, girl, every person in the church. We need to trust the Lord for uh, divine healing, health, and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Because the enemy is really trying to attack people physically. And you know what? We, uh, we're exempt. Glory to God. Everyone else, they can have all the sickness they want. We refuse it in the name of Jesus. We refuse to receive it. We refuse to allow it. And so uh, we're walking uh, by faith and not by what we see. So don't listen. Don't get all crazy. Uh, the Lord can, uh, you know, the Lord can see to it that uh, um, that you are taken care of and uh, you and your whole family. I know some people are like, well, you know, my whole family's just getting over it. Um, yeah. Amen. You're getting over it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're not succumbing. We are getting over it. We're getting through it. We're getting to the other side. Praise God. So anyway, good to be here with you all again this this evening. Now, one more thing. I just want to apologize real quick. Um, I didn't realize 
how frumpy I looked until I was walking into the door of the church and saw my reflection. So my apologies. I would have, I would, I would have worn my good sweatpants. <laughs> the ones that don't look quite as frumpy as these. But uh, anyway, these are these. <laughs> <laughs> these are actually brand new sweatpants. It's just uh, I didn't realize how how much uh, how <laughs> how much more relaxed they make me look. So anyhow, uh, I actually went public this way today, thinking I was looking okay. <laughs> but I did. I am sporting a winter's church shirt that's getting a little it's getting a little long in the tooth, so I may have to get me a new one. But praise God, we had wonderful. Uh, time. I didn't get to tell you all this much, but we had a great time in Ohio for revival there at Live Ready Church. The Lord really, I wouldn't call it necessarily revival. Those meetings were equipping meetings. We we're equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. You know, Ephesians chapter 4 says that's what those ministry gifts are for. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are for the perfecting of the saints uh, to equip them to do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the stature of the measure of the fullness of Christ. And so I believe that's what we were doing. We were equipping and building up, mobilizing. Um, and uh, there, there's, there's lots going on there. I just, want, I just want you to know that the Spirit of God is working and there are things that are happening that are going to... Uh, expand um, our vision. In the coming year, I'm going to tell you, you know, one year we had an, a, a, what the word for us was advancement and expansion. Advancement and expansion. Um, I, do, I do believe that we are about to enter another season of advancement and expansion. So we all need to make ready. Praise God. But uh, um, so are there any questions that have popped up in your hearts in regards to the things that we have been discussing here? Because what we've been talking about, for the most part, on Wednesday nights, and honestly, folks, I don't know what week we're on. I really into it's this is kind of getting like spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. We started we started spiritual gifts, and man, we were already going for over what was it, a year and three months or four months. We did on spiritual. I never did finish. Um, finally, we just were like, well, I think we're done for now. And, uh, and we moved on because the Holy Spirit began to spur us on. I'm, I'm wondering if I'm not talking too much about these things. But, um, but we have been. How many of you have been helped, though, concerning supernatural increase and, and trust in the Lord in your finances uh, from what we were talking about? Now, you, the reason why we talk about this is because, uh, number one, um, it's a part of what Jesus did on the cross. Uh, the Bible says uh, he, uh, that... Um, uh, we are blessed because Christ has redeemed us from the curse. That's what the, that's what the New Testament says, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And a part of the redemption from the curse is that he has, he's redeemed us from poverty. Amen. He's redeemed us from lack and from a spirit of lack. And so it's God, it really is God's plan for you to walk in abundance to walk in the fullness of the flow of God's blessing in every area of your life. Uh, and it's not only financial, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't exclude what God wants to do for you financially. And I know that we have been, uh, this nation has been going through uh, much when it comes to finance. And I hope that you all have been able to see the lessons 
the, the other lessons that you, uh, that you can learn and some of the things that you can glean uh, from the Word of God when we talk about finance. Because a lot of these things we're, that we're talking about, we're talking about principles. And principles are laws. Principles are, are, are laws that are in place that God has established that work when you work them. And well, they work when you don't work them too. Um, for, for example, the law of gravity. Um, it's going to work whether you work it right or not. If you, like, you might be like, law of gravity doesn't apply to me. Jump off a roof and see if it don't apply to you. You know, jump off a bridge and see if it don't apply. Jump out of an airplane. Let's see if the law of gravity don't apply to you. You, you know, you can get in that, this idea that it doesn't apply to you. And uh, the law of gravity, you're not going to mess with it much before you're dead, uh, you know, trying to figure out whether it applies to you or not. Now, there's, there's, uh, there's, a <laughs> there's, there's other laws and other principles that may, they may not kill you right away, but, but left alone. You know, like, for example, the, the, the uh, law of confession. The law of confession. People, we, you know, when I was a kid, we used to say this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know what? That was a lie. <laughs> that was a lie. Because the Bible says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. And, and you will eat the fruit of what comes out of your mouth. The fruit of your lips, you will eat the fruit thereof. That's what Scripture tells us. And so we as God's people, we do have to be careful what we think. Now, I know some of you like, well, no, I've, I've been saying lots of stuff, all that. That's cool. You, here's, here's the deal about that law. It may not get you the first day or the second day or the tenth day, uh, but eventually you will reap what you have sown in your words. In fact, the Bible says this, even if you don't feel like you've seen an effect of your words on your life in the natural. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that we will give an account for every idle word. And this is New Testament. This ain't Old Testament. But that we will give an account for the things that we say. Amen. Which is why I think that Scripture says that those of us that are ministers of the gospel, those of us that are preachers, that we have the greater responsibility. King James says we have the greater condemnation. Uh, and all, it, all it's saying is this. We, we, we who have been... Uh, um, given the responsibility to preach and teach the Word of God, we need to take that uh, very seriously and not take it lightly because we will give an account for what we have said and in the way that we have led people. Uh, that's how important words are. In fact, there's nothing more important to God than what He said. Now, let me ask you a question. If, God, if, if, if it's important to God what he says, and he says that he watches over his word to do it, and that his word won't return void, and all these things, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away, his word being a lamp unto your feet and a light of your... If God said that about his words, and he's talking about his words, how important then don't you think that he thinks your words are? If his word is uh, extremely important to him, and powerful to him, then the same weight of responsibility rests on you, his people, to watch what you say. Amen. Praise God. So, um, so these principles are laws, and some of them will bite you in the butt immediately, while others, it may take a while for you to see the effects of your, uh, 
you know, uh, you're uh, adhering to that law or that principle, or your, uh, you know, you, or your lack of of, of uh, applying those principles to your life. And so, financially, financial is a principle. Um, the enemy will do lots of stuff to try to lead you away from any of God's blessing, but uh, financially, many of us uh, fall prey to the enemy uh, because it's a it's a tough thing for us to hear about. Um, God, you know, God's owning a dime out of every dollar that we make. Oh, yeah. It belonging to Him. You know, the tithe. Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. Oh, yeah. That means you've earned it, and it never was yours. Not one. I mean, well, I worked for it. Now. T t listen, you, you don't even belong to yourself no more. <laughs> so a dime out of every dollar belongs to the Lord. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that because we lack tithers in this church. I think like I've always told y'all, uh, at times we fluctuated, but we stay right around 98% of the people in this church are tithers. If, you, if they're members of this church, 98% of the members, of the 2% maybe we have that are non-tithers. People that just tip God. And I'm, again, I'm not talking to, listen, if you hadn't figured it out yet that you ought to be a tither, if, if, if the word of God hadn't done its work in you and you still think uh, old Pastor Zig's in left field, then man, more power to you. You must really be, I don't know, uh, probably you're not fat because you got some willpower. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, the rest of us, we, we're not doing this because we feel bad or obligated. We're doing this because we believe uh, what God's Word says, and it belongs to the Lord. It's not ours. It just belongs to Him. Um, we're not going to steal it. Amen. So a dime out of every dollar belongs to the Lord. Um, that's why we tithe, because it's His. It's not ours. Um, but anyway, uh, before, we, before we get too far you know, in here, we're already 20 minutes after any questions in regards to anything that has to do with uh, what we've been teaching along these lines and in this? Because I know some of you, you've been hearing what I'm saying and you're, you're grabbing it. Some of you, you have no trouble grasping the concepts and the, and the, and the principles. And, and they are concepts and principles. I'm not trying to bring it lower. They're concepts. They're principles. Uh, much of what I'm telling you as far as uh, what I'm teaching you our guidelines, you have to work it and together with God in, in the relationship that you have with God, you have to work these things out in your relationship. It's just like marital advice. I can give you marital advice. I can tell you what worked for me. What worked for me, you may have to adjust it to work for you in your marriage. Supernatural increase. You can't do everything I did exactly the way I did it and expect to get the same results. You got to work this out between you and the Lord. I'm giving you guidelines. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. There's things that He expects from us, and then you got to work it out the way that the Lord. In, in other words, if you, if you don't if you don't have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, there's no way for you to work things. All you can do is pull push buttons and pull levers and hope for the best. Hope that you're doing it right. And, I mean, that's almost as bad as not doing it at all. But many Christians, that's where they've been. And they, they don't maintain a, 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 a intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. And then they try to work these principles outside of that. They try to work them in the flesh. And when you're working it in the flesh, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you see a benefit and sometimes you don't. You have ups and you have downs. 
But how many, of you, how many of you can think of a time that the Lord was leading you by his spirit when it came to your finances? Can, you, can everybody, anyone? All right, many of you. When the Lord was leading you, how many of you saw great benefits and blessing when you were led of the spirit? Amen. Now, how many of you have been aware when, God, when you weren't being led by the spirit? And how did that work out? Didn't work out too good. <laughs> I mean, it may not have been so real terrible, but it wasn't what it was when God was leading you. When the Spirit of God was leading. So we want to get over there and we want to be led by the Spirit all the time. And we want, we want the Spirit of God to show us His way and give us direction all the time. And you can, you can live in that place. Turn to someone tell them you can live in that place. So any questions? Any questions in regards to any of those things? Real, real quick, because now I, I want you all to take advantage of this. Because it's, you know, it's not very often that people, that people are given an opportunity to ask questions, and I, you know what, if you have a hard question, don't wait until I'm in my office later. Pastor, I didn't want to ask this in front of everybody. Don't do that. Ask it in front of everybody, even, even if it's something, because some people are like, well, you know, I'm asking this question for a friend of a friend. Well, that may, that may be true, but if you, if you didn't have some interest, it wouldn't be rolling around in your head or in your heart. So if you have a question, uh, now would be a good opportunity to ask it, and uh, you, it can run the gamut. So I'm going to give you a chance uh, here for a moment to uh, think and see if there's something you uh, maybe need some understanding on. And if not, then we're going to move forward. Miss Carolyn. So I have to. Um, can you go back? Because um, I'm going back through some of the ones that I missed. Yes, some of the ones that missed Wednesday nights, and now I'm here. I'm sorry. But going back over being a good steward, well, three things. Being a good steward, I kind of want to go back through that again. And um, putting God first. And the last one was, um, what was it? Fully being fully persuaded? No, I'm fully persuaded. It was... Um, We'll start with those, and then I won't interrupt you, but it was one more thing. But I think those have been kind of the hardest concepts or, or, God, or, or um, principles for me. Okay, putting God, let me, let me, let's go over putting God first real quick. Putting God first isn't just, um, you know, the Bible, the Bible says that uh, God wants the first fruits. And we've taken first fruits to mean um, the tithe or that we, that we put him first when it comes just to finance. When I'm talking about putting God first, I'm talking about putting God first in every aspect of your life, in every area of your life. And that is not something you're going to do in a day. So maybe, maybe, I, should, maybe I should say this. Um, we, we've, got to, we've got to quit thinking about, as, as God's people, We've got to get our eyes off of trying to get something done quick. There, there's, a, there's a disease, I think, that plagues this generation, and that is nobody wants to do anything that takes a long time. Come on. And there's lots of stuff that you can have quick. <laughs> Top ramen. But most of what you can have quick isn't really good for you. Yeah. And that again. Now, we can take that all through. So we know fast food isn't the, isn't the best food. Right. 
Um, if you're going to if you're going to live a long time, or if you're going to finish the race, then you 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 have to make adjustments, yeah. and not just for a little while. I mean, it takes lifestyle changes. I mean, you y'all have heard this. Well, we're not into that. We're not into lifestyle changes. We like our. If you didn't like your lifestyle, you wouldn't be living it. I don't know about y'all, but to me, sin is fun. I mean, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if we if we didn't think sin was fun, yeah. it wouldn't be hard for us to quit it. Oh. But sin has a price tag. Amen. Right. The wages of sin is death. And so it may not kill you straightway, but if you keep living that way over, over a period of time, in, in the end, you'll find that sin will kill you. It's in the very same way that a bad diet will do. You know, it may not get you right away, but if you're not careful in the end. So, um, so things, things that you, some of us want to get healthy. Some of us want to lose weight. So we eat good for a day and then we go to the scale the next morning. And when we don't see instant results, we're discouraged. Right. I gained two pounds. I remember one time, one time my sister uh, my oldest sister, Lori, <laughs> she was like, you need to go on a diet. <laughs> At the time, I weighed 299 pounds. I, I was like, I'm not 300 pounds yet, um, <laughs> but I weighed 299 pounds. And uh, she's like, you need to go on a diet. I said, how do you know what I need? You know, But she's like, I need to go on a diet, and I don't want to go on a diet by myself. So I was like, well, if you put it that way, I mean, I'm not really looking to lose weight, but if you want to... If you want someone to try to help you, I guess I'll help you. And so she was going and getting some appetite suppressants from a diet doctor in Oklahoma City. And I was like, I don't really want to do this, but I will just with you. And so I was going and getting the same um, whatever appetite suppressants as well. And turns out that those appetite suppressants, you know, th there were those legal commercials that said, did you take this and... If you, if you or your family did this, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. But, but you know, uh, uh, I'm not under the curse. Amen. So um, we, 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 we were to follow a strict diet. It was put on a, a sheet of paper. Uh, it was a low-fat diet. And uh, I followed that diet uh, as religiously as I could. I tried to get Ted to follow it. I knew good and well he wasn't. He would act like he was following it when he was at the house, but then he'd on the drive home he'd get two McDoubles, and so. <laughs> but I thought I was doing fairly good on this diet. I was even going to the gym three times a week and working out and and doing cardio and some weight training. Uh, but after the first month, we were supposed to go back and see this doctor. Well, no, first uh, first two weeks. After the first two weeks, we were to go back and see. To, so they could uh, 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 chart our progress and make any adjustments needed to be made. And so for two weeks, I was low fat, uh, working out, you know, uh, three times, six times I'd worked out. I'd gone from not working at all, out at all. And um, I'll be honest with you, I was miserable. There's a reason why three quarters of the word diet is die. It sucks. And y'all know it does. That's why we don't do it. Um, so, you know what? I, I, I went to the doctor. My sister went in there, and she got on the scale. And uh, when she got on the scale, uh, she had lost a couple pounds, you know. It was just like two pounds. 
And I got in there, and uh, I remember it was an Asian man. He was, uh, so I'm not, not really, it was, it was just funny because he called me Gigi. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Gigi. Come in, come in, Mr. Gigi. And so I, I went in there. He said, you step on the scale. I said, okay. I got on the scale. And he's, you know, he's moving them weights around on that scale. You know, it's clicking around. And he's trying to get it to level out. He, he looks at me. He goes, Gigi, you gained two pounds. Oh. I was like, what? He goes, you gained two pounds. I said, bro, I'm out of here. I, I ain't gaining. If I'm here hungry and I'm gaining weight, I'm about to go get me some food. Listen, that's the last day of my diet. You understand? That's the last day of, of my diet. So I tried two weeks, didn't have no success. Now, see, that's, that's the way we are sometimes when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Yeah. We want instant. We want instant. Lord, how do I instantly become of great faith. How do I instantly get over into supernatural? Land? How do I instantly lay hands on the sick? How do I listen? There's nothing instant about it. There's nothing. now. There may be a time uh, in your walk with God where God's favor and God's grace is extended toward you, and He accelerates you in the spirit and in, into certain areas of being effective. Maybe in ministering healing to the sick, and there was you know there was nothing that you did except for you know just lay your hands on the sick. And, and, man, you saw miracles, and they recovered. Um, and then there might be times, you know, when you saw a windfall of blessing financially. It's just the working of God's grace, you know. Uh, there, you, you can't even pinpoint what it was or if you had any part in it, what, if you had anything to do. It, just, it was just a windfall. It was like, God, you just happened to be in the right place at the right. You know, sometimes in the spirit, we can be in the right place at the right time. Amen. Like the woman with the issue of blood. Like the man at the pool of Bethesda. Like blind Bartimaeus. Like the man at the gate beautiful. People that were in the right place at the right time. But then you got people like Cornelius. Who served the Lord with all of his house. Who had prayed much, the Bible says. And gave much to the poor. See, uh, Cornelius was in the long game. Are y'all hearing this? Yeah. And, and so the angel of the Lord appeared to Cornelius and said, your alms and your prayers are come up as a memorial before God. And because you've been doing this faithfully for a long time, God's remembering you, and this is a result. What he's going to do is a result of all that you did to accommodate him. Amen. To facilitate him. To allow him into your life. Okay. And so we... Here, here's the number one thing I want to tell you all. You've got to quit playing the short game. You've got to commit yourself to the long game. And I'm, not, I'm just using those terms very loosely. Y'all know, right? I'm not being disrespectful of God and a relationship with God. Uh, I'm not trying to make it like it's a, a trivial thing, like, like we're working some formula or something like that. This is not a formula. You, you have to be determined that you are going to have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Oh, yeah. So when I'm talking about putting God first, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, Lord, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it ever looks like. I'm going to serve you with gladness. I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. I'm, Lord, I don't want to deceive myself. God, help me, help me to, to reprioritize my life in order to put you first. So 
When we talk about putting, that's what we're talking about. We're not just talking about giving a tithe. We're not just talking about sowing an offering. We're talking about putting God first in every area of your life. Amen. 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 When you're struggling, the first place you go is to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You don't get out a credit card and go shopping. You go to the Lord. You don't, you don't try to go on vacation. You go to God. You don't go buy a new dress. You don't go buy a new suit. You don't go buy a new car. See, some of us, that's what we, those are the kinds of things that we use to appease ourselves. And that's why some of us are in great debt. Because we're trying to soothe something in our spirit that can only be soothed by putting God first. And so we try to replace it with natural stuff. Well, when, guess, guess what? When you put God first... Now, now th this will take time. Again, it takes time. See, you can... <laughs> Ooh, I'm about to say something. This may sound a little... Cr cr this may sound a little bit... Uh, uh, I'm not trying to be... Um, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, vulgar when I say this. But like like, like this, you can... You can... Uh, you can there's some things you can have fast. A burrito from Taco Bell. Right. Don't go down on me. You might regret it later, but you can have it fast. <laughs> right. And let, let, let's, let's talk about uh, in relationships between people. You know, we, we enter into lots of relationships. Hmm. Come on. And let's say, let's say in a relationship between a man, you can have sex fast, but you can't have a relationship fast. Right. There is no shortcut to a relationship. Come on. Annie and I have been at it for 30 something years, 30, uh, 35 years it was this year. 35 years we've been after it, and um, guess what? We're still working on it. We're still working on it. So if after 35 years we're still working on it, and, and, and we're, we're working out a relationship that we're looking at the person that we're in a relationship with, mm -hmm. that we live with them, we can see them in the natural. Now imagine maintaining a relationship with the invisible one. One that you can't see with your natural eye. Are y'all hearing me today? Yeah. Do, do, you know, do you know what happens when you commit yourself to the long game? When the devil tries to come and discourage you, you don't, you don't respond the same. It's only, it's only when you're in it for the short game that you get frustrated. Yeah. It's only when you're looking for immediate gratification wow. that you get irritated. Yeah. That, you get, that you get discouraged. That you start to get ugly with yourself, with one another, and with the Lord. You go to blaming God because you know what you've been looking for in your relationship with God? You've been looking for fun. You've been looking for a roll in the hay. Come on. Well, amen. 
I mean, you, you, you don't mind going to a service, having somebody slap hands on you, you rolling around on the floor. Ha, 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 woo, wasn't that a good service? Right. Come on. But then when, you know, when, <clears throat> when, when, when things don't seem so, fa when you're not in the meeting, you know, you, know you're, you're, you have to understand that, that your, your relationship with God and your commitment to the Lord is reflected more when you're outside of the church than when you're in the church meeting. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're in here, don't get me wrong, when you're in here, it's revealed to you who you really are. And the way you praise in here, that's the way God really created you to be. But he created you to be that all the time. Right. And so when you go out of here and then you're in the, in the see, God's, God's trying to raise up a people that can function in a hostile environment that don't need the church environment to flourish. Come on. That don't need to be in a church environment to flourish. You know, Pastor Shanika said something one time when Pastor Mike and Shanika was there. Shanika was just finishing up all her nursing things, and she came one time and she was. She said, "Pray, pray for me, Pastor." I was like, "What's going on, Shanika?" She said, "She said, you know, um, I have a lot of faith and a lot of confidence in God." When people come forward at the church and they need healing, they need prayer for healing, she said, but you know what? I'm seeing sick people every day, and that same confidence and that same faith doesn't work with me outside of this building mm. and outside of the environment of worship, outside of the environment of praise. Yeah. Are y'all hearing any of this here today? Yeah. See, do you know what putting God first will do? Putting God first, putting God first, uh, will cause the environment around you to change and always be favorable to the Lord, what the Lord wants to do in you. Amen. So all of a sudden, what you could only do while you were in church and in the presence of God's people and uh, in the midst of a spirit of worship, you're able to accomplish in an environment that's hostile against you, in an environment that's, that, in an environment that's looking to destroy you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, that, I, I'm, I'm fully persuaded that that's why yesterday so many Christians, they had their drawers in a bunch. And they're all about ah, Halloween, Halloween. Ah. You know, they're, they're all up in arms about Halloween. You know what? I don't even think about Halloween. Right. You know why? Because I'm not evil. Right. Go ahead, Because I'm not pals with the devil. But, but the witches, I don't, give no, I don't give a rip about no witches. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care what kind of cauldron they, they got, what they're boiling in it, and, you know, what kind of spells. Are we, yeah, but, you know, we, we got to watch out for our children. Listen, if, 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 you, if you haven't prayed for your kids <laughs> enough that you're concerned about them on Halloween, you're in trouble. that's on you. Right. <laughs> that's on you. We got, we got to do the Jesus holiday, Christmas. Oh, yeah, you read up on that one. <laughs> Amen. Read up on that one because I'll tell you right now, you wouldn't be putting up no tree, I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> but, here's, but here's the thing. You know what? I'm not, yeah, I know. Rachel's like, dear God, don't, don't say it, Pastor Zig. Don't, don't say this is an old wives' tale. Don't say it. Don't say <laughs> it. Don't categorize this with pleading the blood, please. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, your brand is like, please save me some money and do it. 
Yeah, super. <laughs> but see, that's the, that's the thing. When, like when we do when we do our outreach, when we do our what we call fall festival, I have people, I have preachers all the time, oh. preachers and Christian people that will hit me up on Facebook that will say, "What are y'all doing? You know that you're just renamed and you're really celebrating Halloween." They have no idea. Right. This isn't. It's not a celebrating. We're taking advantage of a moment. Come on. Amen. We're, we're, we're taking advantage of a moment that's been given to us to affect people in our community for the glory of God. I'm going to tell you right now, if the, devil, if the devil can use giving out candy to influence people, we can influence people by giving out candy. Why, why in the world would we miss out on the opportunity to take something that the enemy has traditionally used to lead people in a... Uh, in, uh, in a way that leads them away from God. Why wouldn't we use that opportunity to draw them in the same? If um, are y'all hearing me today? Amen. 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 I will gladly let Sheree dress up like a hot dog, <laughs> and let Titus dress up like a dinosaur. <laughs> Amen. And hand out bags of candy and let Don make elephant toothpaste. And we'll do all that. We'll put a bouncy house up. We will paint faces. We will cook hot dogs. We will give out hot chocolate. We'll do it all. Yes. If it gives us the opportunity to look someone square in the eye and tell them, Jesus loves you. Amen. And I love you too. Amen. And we're here. Amen. Uh, you're not doing a bit of good. Oh, and you are. By quoting Anton LaVey. He's, he was leader of the Satan's church. And I actually see Christians around this time of year, they will quote Anton LaVey. And they'll, he'll, because he said something about uh, uh, Halloween and how that it was evil and he was glad that Christians let their kids, he said, because, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, I, I, for me, it's like, why would anyone want to quote Anton LaVey? I'd rather quote God. Amen. Praise God. But that's just, yeah, that's just my, you know, it's just my idea. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. Listen, you, you do, you do whatever, whatever, whatever's in you. If the Lord told you not to, not to roll out a bale of hay and, and, and not to eat a piece of candy on one day. I mean, to me, yesterday was the day the Lord made. Do you know I didn't sense no I didn't sense no evil at all. No. There was no oppression that I I didn't feel the wickedness of of the witches and and the and and the ghoulishness of the ghouls. Man, I, I was in the I was still in the well. I was traveling mostly yesterday, so maybe that's why I don't know. Huh? Man, I did too all day long. I'd, I was, I had to be in the spirit. I was at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the airport taking a commercial flight. You need to be in the Holy Ghost when you're taking a commercial oh. flight. So anyway, so putting God first. See, putting God first takes and and it 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 uh, it puts things in order in your life. It causes everything to fall into place. And once all those things are in place, well, then you start to realize. Then when the enemy tries to come in and attack you, whether it be finance, whether it be your health, whether it be your, your emotions, your, your willingness or unwillingness to do so, immediately 
when you have put God first and you, you're maintaining that personal intimate relationship with Jesus, the first, the first thing that you do is you lean into the Lord. You're not leaning into the flesh. You're leaning into the spirit. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter what you're going. You're leaning into the Lord. Amen. And uh, uh, so putting God first, um, I don't know if I explained it any better, but that's, that's what we mean by putting God first. Um, it's not just in your, it's putting God first in every area. It, it means defining, defining your life based on him being the top priority. You know what that, I, I can tell you, the, now I'm not saying you got to, again, people hear me say this, they think I'm just harping on them about coming to church. Listen, you, if you're that convicted about coming to church that you think when I talk about being faithful to church is harping on you, that's on you, that ain't on me. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you my, why I do what I do. Do you know why I come to church every time the doors are open, um, every time we're coming, we come together uh, to uh, have service like this? Um, I come to church uh, when, we, when we have these services, not because I have a responsibility that I have to fulfill, not because uh, I'm obligated to come. I come here because this is an important part of my walk with God. Oh, yeah. this, this is a part of my relationship with Jesus. I cannot see Jesus in his fullness when I'm locked up in my prayer closet at home. Uh, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. No, it's just you. You and Jesus ain't got nothing going if you're, if, if, you're, if you're steered away from what the Bible says. And the Bible is clear that, we're to, we're, that we are, because some people are like, well, we individually were the church. We're the temple of the Holy God. I'm the temple. I'm the church. This building isn't the church. You got to read that scripture in context. That, what that scripture says, it, and if you look at it in the way it was written, and uh, I know it was translated, um, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and it says simply that. But when you, when you look at how it was written uh, in, the, in the Greek, it says this, know ye not that you individually and we corporately are the temple of the living God. Amen. You know, the Bible says Jesus had the spirit without, without measure. Y'all remember that? Mm -hmm. Jesus had the spirit without measure. Do you know what that, that scripture implied? If Jesus had the spirit without measure, then when God's spirit came to live on the inside of us individually, and we're the body of Christ, then that means we have the spirit with measure. Oh, yeah. And the Bible says as much. It says to each one of us has been given the measure of faith. The measure, there is a measure that we've received. We don't have the fullness of the Spirit like Jesus had. Now, corporately, now you get Charlie's measure, Shelly's measure, Nakia's measure, Debbie's measure, Ted's measure, Cherie's measure. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. The more people we have in here, the greater measure is present. All right. So by yourself, you can get to know God. You can get to know Jesus. You, you can get to know him in a measure. But do you know why I come here? I come here because he told me one time, he said, you'll never know me until you, until you, can, until you begin to recognize me in others. There's some things you'll never see about me until you see it in somebody else. Because that's not, they carry a measure that you don't carry. They carry something you don't, there's, there's a facet 
of my character that lives in every individual. And that's, he said, that's why I have you come together corporately to reveal myself in, are y'all hearing any of this? Amen. Amen. So for, so for me, I'm not just, do, I'm not just not doing my duty coming to church. When I come to the house of God, I come because it, it's, a vital, it's a vital part of my relationship. with Je- Doing this is a vital part of my relationship with Jesus. In fact, I've, I've been trying to figure out for a while, if, if I ever come to the place where I'm not preaching as much, how, I'm gonna, how am I going to fill that void? How am I going to meet with the Lord in the same way that I meet with him when I'm standing up here in front of y'all? Y'all ought to try, be trying to figure that out too. Amen. You know, it's, you got you to gotta figure it out. But anyhow, um, so I think that being in the house of God, regularly being around God's people. Well, you know what the enemy will tell you when you're outside of fellowship with God, when you, when you break that fellowship with the Lord, when, you're, when you don't put him first, first thing the enemy will do is try to get you to isolate yourself. You, you need some time alone. You remember what you did last time you was alone? Come on, somebody. You know what? God led his prophets off by themselves. You know what? If you read scripture right, God never led one of them prophets. Every one of them prophets that got off by themselves, it's because they got in the flesh. And they were mobile. They got their eyes off. Look at Elijah. He went into that mountain not because he he ended up in that mountain by himself because he was running from Jezebel. It had nothing to do with the Lord leading him there. Well, God will take God will take his prophets and lead them off. No, he won't. Oh, amen. Oh, amen. All right now. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, Paul, Paul had it right. New Testament church had it right. When Paul and or when Peter and John, Peter and John, it was Peter. Peter had it right. Peter and John, when they raised up that lame man at the gate beautiful. Remember that? They got arrested, and they were told never to speak in the name of Jesus again. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Anybody remember that story? Yes. Do I need to go over it, or do you remember it? No. Most of y'all remember it? If you, if you don't remember, it's Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4. Read it tonight if you have time. You ought to make time. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> Peter and John, they were arrested. They were told never to speak the name of Jesus again. What is the first? What is now? What is the first thing that they did? You know what? You know what they didn't do after they were let go, after they were told not to be, they, after they were persecuted, after they were given difficulty. They didn't, they didn't go and say, well, you know, let's go fast and pray and let's figure it out. We need to get alone with God. Now, the Bible says the first thing they did was they went to their own company. They went and they gathered with the people of God. Amen. They got together with one another. And you know what what the Bible says? They reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And then, that's what the Bible says. Then they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And they prayed. And they began to tell God, God. (laughs) Amen. Y'all know the story. 
Praise God. And, and what happened? What happened as a result of them putting God first? Well, the, after they prayed, the place where they had prayed and the, where they were assembled was shaken. And the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Right. See, these people didn't just have a role in the hay with Jesus. They didn't just have a role in the hay with the Holy Ghost. They weren't just having these experiences for the sake of having an experience like, like many do today. One, one time the Lord spoke this to me. He said, the spirit of Simon the sorcerer rests upon God's people in this nation. I was like, what do you want? And so I read that about Simon the sorcerer. Simon the sorcerer saw something and he wanted it. He wanted it. He desired it, even though he was, even though he was wicked. He was a sorcerer. And the Bible says that he wanted it so bad that he offered the apostles money to buy it. Now, some of you said, I've never done that. Oh, for your love gift of. <laughs> oh, but no, see, you've never done that. But you'd pay, you, you'll pay whatever it costs for gas and whatever it costs for food and whatever it costs for hotel, not to come and camp out at your church, but to go down to Texas. Come on. Oh, my God. Oh, you a honey. Or to go over to Missouri. Or to go to California. Ain't y'all up in here? And, and you know what we'll say? Well, well we're, we're just so hungry. We're just so hungry. We just, we're so hungry. Listen, if you're so hungry, why don't you eat? Amen. Boy, I'm preaching today. I mean, Debbie, I ain't even trying. I ain't even trying. I came frumpy today and I'm preaching. <laughs> don't tell anybody. This is my Halloween costume. No, no, no. I don't do Halloween. I don't do Halloween. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing. I'm just messing with some of the people I know listen to us. Anyway. <laughs> But see, that's what the Lord told me. He said, the spirit of Simon the sorcerer rests upon many in this generation. Not, not the lost, the church. The church willing, willing to pay to get a shortcut wow. into the presence of God. Oh. Willing to pay money to get a shortcut. Amen. Instead of coming and working it out right here, what? we're going to go somewhere where we don't have to work it out too hard. Where things are more, fa and, and it don't matter, we'll, we'll pay whatever it takes. Some of us won't invest the time to come to church early to pray. But we'll take whatever time it takes to go and to invest someplace else where, where it seems like it's more freely. Amen. Hallelujah. So when, when, can, when, is, when is God going to be able to count on some of us? To belly up to the table and allow him to teach us how to receive from him 
no matter what the environment. Do you know, do you know when you, Nakia, when you learn how to receive from the Lord, no matter what the environment is, do you know what will happen? Other people will come from all over, try to pull up and sit at your table. That's the reason why we want to sit at some of these other people's table. Because they went and they, they, they sought the face of God. They put God first and they, they put in the time and we want to sit at their table. Well, you know what? Some of you, you want favor. If you want favor to do ministry, if you want favor to do what God commanded you to do, if you want favor to, uh, to fulfill your purpose, that's where you find it. You don't find, you don't find it by schmoozing with the who's who in the charismatic zoo. Unless you want to play that game. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to play that. I don't want to be, I don't want to have to get on television with people that are openly practicing homosexuality and know that they are and have to minister on the same platform with people that I know good and well aren't living right for God and duping God's people. I've, I've told y'all those stories before. I mean, un and, and unfortunately, they're true. You know, Paul and Jan Crouch, they didn't, Paul and Jan Crouch, the founders of, of uh, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting. I, don't get me wrong, I love Paul and Jan, I love what they did. But for the, probably for the last 15 or 20 years of, uh, that we've, we've been watching them on TBN, they weren't living in the same house. They were essentially divorced. But none of us knew it because they kept putting on the show so that it wouldn't affect the ministry. Well, you don't, you don't even understand that it does affect the ministry. You know, Ralph, I don't know. It could have been money, but I'm not, I'm not sure it was necessary. I really believe that they uh, have, had a heart to do the work of God. I really do. And once, once a ministry gets going and it takes on the kind of force that TBN took on. You know, some people, they don't realize God take you to the mountaintop and you may not have, you, you may not may not be his will for you to stay there. Maybe he lifted you up, but later on he wanted to bring you back down. Anyhow, this is in answer to the question of putting God first. Because these are, aren't these aren't these things that you need to in, in them, I need to learn these things. I don't know about y'all. I need to learn them because you know what? Sometimes I get around people and I start looking into their life and I start thinking, for twelve for twelve for twelve for twelve years that we've been in existence in this church. I'm just going to tell y'all something straight. For twelve years. I've been, I've been like, Lord, I know you want to make a sound. I know that our church, you have a sound for our church. You have a, you have a sound in our worship. There's a sound that God wants us to make in our worship and in our praise. It's a sound that nobody else makes. There's, there's something that God is trying to extract from us. There's some kind, you know what? If, if it was easy to achieve, we would have already achieved it. But there's something about it. There's something about it that there's some complexity. But God, God's not looking for the same thing from us that he's looking for. If, if he's looking for something different from us, then guess what? There's going to be some complexity. Why? Because now you're no longer just settling. You're pioneering. You're pioneering. Mm, I wish we had us some spiritual sooners up in here. People that were so anxious to get in there in uncharted territory and in uncharted land that they were willing to risk their lives to do it. 
But anyhow, pioneer. Say pioneer. Pioneer. See, if you got to pioneer something, then that means that you're going to have to figure some things out. You know, pioneers, uh, sometimes those pioneers traveled together. At other times, a bunch of them died off, and, and then some people were left on their own to figure things out. You know, being a pioneer wasn't, wasn't uh, safe. It was dangerous. When we went up to Colorado for the marriage retreat, they took us up and they, they, they took us up into the mountains and showed us some places in the mountains. They showed us a road that led from one, one community to another. You could drive from that community to where we were at on modern day roads in 30 minutes. Do you know how long it took people before they made those roads to get from one place to the other? It would take them four, five, six months. Through, through the mountains, through the cold, through the wild. And none of that would be there right now if there weren't people that were willing to pioneer. Amen. See, for, I, don't know, I don't know why, but for some reason we got this idea that God called us to do something that was safe. God didn't call you to do something safe. God called you something risky. God didn't call you to do something everybody could do. God called you to do something that, I heard a businessman say this once. He said, if you want to be greater than whoever your competitors are in business, then you have to be willing to do everything your competitors weren't willing to do and then some. Because what has kept, what has kept them at their le that level of success was their unwillingness to do certain things. You have to be willing to do the things that they didn't want to do. You want more? You want you want more than Catherine Coleman? You got to be willing to do more. Than, you got to be willing to do the stuff she wasn't willing to do. More than A. A. Allen? You got to be willing. More than the previous generation? You got to be willing. Some of y'all freak out sometimes. You're like, man, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I don't. I'm freak. And you think that's a bad thing? You ought to be freaking out sometimes. Every now and again, you ought to be going through a wrestling match when you're looking at what you're looking. Now, you shouldn't, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't stagger under the weight of it. You should stay in faith, you know, like Abraham. The Bible says he staggered not at the, at the, at the promises of God. Amen. He staggered not. He, he, he stood and he believed what God said. Believe what God said. But I'm going to tell you something. Circumstances are going to arise and it's going to... You didn't think that you were... The, the very fact that some of y'all have freaked out over the process means you're on the right road. You're not off track. You're in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time. Go ahead now. It's those people that never freak out that I wonder about. Them people that never, they're, they're never concerned. They never have a question. They never, they're never, you know, they're never, they never have nothing touch Areas of their life that they're sensitive in. I just don't let that bother me. No, listen. When you start getting over there with God, and he starts taking you to these places he wants you to go, it'll bother you. It'll bother stuff in you you thought you figured out. Stuff you thought you got over, stuff, stuff you thought you was healed over. You, Man, I'm he, boy, the Lord, he touched. I'm so glad. And then all of a sudden, whoosh. 
Lord, I thought I got over that. So, see, some of you thought you was more mature seven years ago than you are right now. Right. I, I, was, I was stronger seven years ago than I am today. Oh, no, nah, you just didn't know seven years ago what you know now. Amen. I'm trying to say that. I'm trying to, help. I'm trying to encourage y'all. You, 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 you're making progress. Turn to someone tell them you're making progress. You're not, you're not making progress just because you, 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 everything is easy and hunky-dory and you feel good about it. That's not when you're making progress. You're making progress when, when, when things are touching you in areas that you hadn't been touched and sensitivities are, are being, you know, things are getting a little squirrely, a little, amen. amen. Well, you're scratching your head and you're like, my God, what have I got myself into? Right. See, that, that's where the Lord will lead you. He'll lead you to places that you don't know how to get out of. He'll take you higher than you want to go. He'll take you farther than you want to be. He'll ask you for more than you're willing to give. Oh, listen, it's when you're in that place that you know you're in the right place. Come on, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Listen, when you, when you can get in there, when you can get in there and you have them feelings and you can be like, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, see, I know that sounds like a foreign concept. Right. Doesn't that sound like a foreign concept to y'all? That, that in that environment that some of y'all feel like knocks you into the ditch, that you could actually lift up your hands and be in the presence of God while experiencing that and know uh, and, and be content and, and uh, be in faith. Mm. Ooh, run somewhere. I'm going to show you a scripture that all of us are familiar with. <laughs> oh, Melody, I haven't even got to the second question. Pray for me. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody? All right. Thank God. Hallelujah. Go to... Uh, where was I going to take you? Hallelujah. Go to the book of, uh, <laughs> I got to try to remember where this is at, Second uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians, glory to God, hallelujah. Yeah, Second Corinthians, you guys are going to, this is familiar to you, Second Corinthians chapter uh, 8. We'll start with verse 1. Moreover, brethren, now let me read this in another version because this one, this King James is a, I'll read New King James. That's the same. Anyway, moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, y'all remember this? That in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy. In great trial of affliction. The abundance of when on earth in the natural have you been going through great trial of affliction and the result being abundance of joy? It don't happen. It don't happen. But it did with them. And what did what did Paul call it? The grace of God bestowed on the churches of Massa. It was grace. It was his unmerited favor. Mm -hmm. It was his unmerited favor. Mm -hmm. 
Are y'all seeing this? Ooh, imagine. Imagine, Debbie. Someone does something stupid. And I, I know this never happens. At a worship team practice. Or in a worship team meeting. And you're there. And you're the one under. You know what? Let's say that. Let's say that. Let's say someone on the worship team, Gabe asks for some suggestions. Says, what do you all suggest? I, you know, I'm, I'm singers. Is there any suggestion among the singers? And one of the singers pipes in and says, yeah, I have a suggestion. I suggest we let Debbie sit down and not sing no more because I don't think she has what it takes to be on this worship team. You know, to Debbie, that would be a great trial of affliction. And I'm going to tell you right now, for most people, that would be, that would be, um, that would be enough for them to come to the conclusion that they may need to find another church. I think I need to find me another church because them people over there, they don't even want me there. They don't appreciate me. Amen. <laughs> this is just a, this isn't a reality. This is just a story. It's an example. <laughs> but see, let's say Debbie heard that and, and her response was, Ha, ha, ha. Well, you know, I may not be that great, but I'm better than I was. And I, I know I'm not the most talented, but I'm up here making a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'm worshiping God with all of my heart. Well, you know, I just don't think there's room for that. I mean, I understand you want to be in the presence of God, but you got to have talent. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take 25 people that have a heart for God that don't have not one lick of talent but are willing to worship God with everything that's in them than a hundred people with talent. That's right. Oh, yeah. And that are just looking for perfection. Or looking for, you know what? I'm not looking for a peaceful environment. Are you really looking for a peaceful environment? You think a peaceful environment is what is going to bring about the fulfillment of God's purpose in your life? No, man, you've got to clean up your house and kick the devil. There ain't no peaceful environment and getting over there, kicking devils out, straightening things out. But if we, if we don't do it, it won't get done. So just think about the thing that's most difficult. One of the things be most difficult for you to hear. And then in that great trial of affliction, you continue to abound in joy. And the next, the next part says, and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. They were broke, poor, but liberal. I have never, listen, I have almost never met a liberal poor person. <laughs> Most of the people that I know that are poor are trying to take care of themselves. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. So this is what I'm this is what I'm talking about. When you when you put God first, it creates 
an unusual, a unique environment around your life. Many of you, now let me say this, because I think it's important for it to be said. Because y'all are looking at me like, Pastor, are we going to have to, because have I repeated stuff or am I giving you, I'm telling you something different. I'm giving you new stuff. I'm hitting it from a different perspective. Hopefully this is helping you. And I know, listen, I know that we can go over this and over this and over, but here's the thing. These are the things that we need the most. Pastor, when, when, is, when is my money going to come? See, if that's, if that's what your mind is, is when yours is, well, when is it going to happen? You already missed it. Yeah. You've already missed it. Because guess what? It's already done. It ain't coming. It's already here. Your prosperity ain't coming. Your, your provision isn't going to come. According to Scripture, God said he already supplied everything you have need of. He knew what you would need even before you existed. And he already settled it. It's already taken care of. Well, if it's already taken care of, why why don't I have it? Uh (laughs) Aha! That's the question you got to ask yourself. You're going to keep... If I gave you a car and you never used it, and you kept pestering me about... Pastor Ziggy, I heard you gave Sharia a car. Will you give me a car? <laughs> well, I did. Yeah, but can I have it now? You got it now. It's yours. Receive it. Sheree, can I ride in your car that the Lord gave you? Because I'm still waiting on I just want to feel what it's like to be so blessed because I'm so cursed. Amen. I know. I know some of you seeing yourself in the reflection, in the, in the reflection of what I'm saying. It's, and it's okay. We all, we all have been there. We all have been there. It's locked. So, here, so here's, what I, here's what I want to tell you. We, we have done this. We have been through great trials of affliction, and yet we abounded in joy. But you, don't, you know what we weren't hung up on when we had the joy? We weren't hung up on our affliction. We were in the presence of the Lord. You know, when Michael and Twyla first came, and they usually sit over here, which I'm looking over there. Michael and Twyla first came. They're in Missouri tonight. Uh, Twyla's uh, gra- uh, niece or someone had a baby over there. Is it her niece or granddaughter? Yes, granddaughter. So great. It's her great-grandkid now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just tell her, hello, great-grandma. See what she... Oh, no, don't do that. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. No, don't do that. That might be great trial of affliction there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mention it. Anyway, so no, when Michael and Twyla came to the church, they were in a great trial of a, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, when they began to tell me their story, and I don't know if they'll ever tell it completely, uh, and, I, and I, I'm not at liberty to share all of it, but I'm going to tell you right now, it was a, we're talking about a great trial of affliction. But if you ask them in those moments, in, those, in, that, in that time when we first started this church, 
and they had gotten a revelation that they were supposed to get. Just knowing that revelation, just having gotten that revelation of connecting and being a part of Winner's Church, they began to abound in joy and things began to change in their lives. Like, so we've experienced these things in some areas. How many of you can identify areas in your life where you've seen this happen at times in your life? Listen, th th these are only, not even half of you, one more time. How many of y'all, you, you can identify at least sometime? All right, you, you, he'll do it again. Okay. He'll do it again. But you, you have to approach these things in the same way. Instead of, instead of uh, obsessing mm -hmm. about the affliction, try obsessing on the solution. Well, I can see my problem. No, your problem's, your problem's invisible. Your problem is not, you say, well, I think I can see it. Well, you know, you're, 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 some of you afraid, some of you afraid that you're going to lose everything. Have you lost everything? Will all of you go to a home tonight? Will all of you have, will all of you have a roof over your head? Will did all of you eat tonight, or will you eat food tonight? No matter what it is, will you eat tonight, or will you go to bed hungry? Will all of you eat? Yes. Did, all of you, did all of you drive here tonight in a car that had gas in it? Do any of you have a cell phone? If you have a cell phone, I want you to get it out real quick. Get your cell phone out. I want you to wave them at me real quick. Wave yourself. We, we all have them. Wow. See there? It's on. Amazing. <laughs> Some of you are obsessing about something that hasn't happened. And that never will happen unless you keep obsessing about it. You know what your obsession will do? It'll make you self-destructive. The devil won't even have to do it. You'll do it to yourself. Obsessing on that stuff, you know what it'll do? It'll drive you away from relationships that are helping you to be strong. It'll drive you out of church. It'll drive you away from God's people. It'll, it'll, look, at when I'm, I'm saying this stuff, and when you're obsessing about the negative, this stuff gets on your last nerve. <sighs> I just wish you'd quit talking about it. <laughs> no, talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. See, that's what it, but, but when you get your focus on the Lord, when you get your focus on Jesus, man, the first, the first note that, that is played, the first song that's sung, oh, amen. Listen, y'all ain't doing like some of y'all did on here Sunday, listen, Sunday, Sunday, man, you're dismissed. Half of everybody was gone. I heard the same thing happen with Pastor Ben. Pastor Ben went to praying for people. 
He went on a little long. <laughs> Maybe three hours long. But anyway, you know, he went on. With, time everybody opened up there. Annie said by the time she looked around, there's like ten people here. Everybody was gone. She's like, everybody was gone. So I'm going to tell you something. When you get obsessed over Jesus, now, again, I'm not getting on. Look at me, y'all. Look at me. I am not getting on to you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you an observation. I just know that when I've seen people that are obsessed with Jesus, when we've been in revival, you can't hardly get people to leave. You, you let them out at 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. You're like, all right, man, I'm going to dismiss. I know I kept, I, I preached over in Swanton on Friday. We started with 40 people. No, less than that. 25, 30 people on Sunday morning. We maybe had nearly, a, maybe nearly 100 people there on Friday night. I got done preaching after 10 p.m. And we started at 7 and worship didn't go long. Worship lasted maybe a half hour. I got the pulpit at 7.30. I didn't get done preaching until after 10. We didn't let them out till 11. People didn't leave till after midnight. There's, most of them people still there chatting it up. Talking about the thing. When you get in the presence of God, you don't run out the door. That's not something that happens. Now, again, if you, if you hear and you're like, I'm going to stay because pastor said, you ain't doing it right. right. You ain't doing it. You're going to be miserable. Eventually, you'll get mad at me. Oh, they're just asking for too much. <laughs> I could tell, tell he don't have small children. <laughs> the same thing that we do. They got it. They don't, you don't have to get up early. <laughs> I got somewhere to be tomorrow. I can't be doing this. He don't have to drive, he don't have to drive all the way back to Newcastle. You know what I mean? <laughs> he don't have to go all the way back to Moore. Right? I gotta let my dogs out. Yeah, I, I got I got an idea. Leave them out. Leave them out. Leave them out. They're resilient. Leave them out. I know when it gets cold, they like bring them inside. They're cold too. But I understand. But listen, if 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 a dog's keeping you from getting in the presence of God, sell it. Sell it. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Anyway, I know these. I know these things are. These things are radical. These things are radical, right? To, for this generation, what I'm talking about is radical, right? It, it doesn't even seem fathomable. It doesn't even seem like it's. It, it, it seems. It seems fanatical. Am I right? But you know what? It's where we'll end up if we. If we put him first, right. it really is. And you know, you'll find out financially things will straighten out. Your job will straighten. Listen, your job will straighten right out. And I'm not talking it'll become easy, necessarily easier, but it'll straighten out. You know why? Because you'll live above 
You'll, you'll live above the attack. You'll live above the storm. You'll live above the way it can affect you. Listen, you'll be, you'll be filled with joy no matter what the circumstances are. Hallelujah. No matter what the environment, no matter what the affliction, you'll abound in joy. No matter how much things are lacking, you'll be liberal in all that you do with all that you have. Trusting that the Lord is going to do what he said he would do. Amen. Amen. I watched Ayla go through this process. She didn't know what she was doing. But I watched her go through it. I watched her go through this process of uh, she came here. She came here with nothing. Ayla had nothing. Y'all ought to see some of them pictures of Ayla when she first rolled up in here. I, th I only think she had one pair of britches and three shirts. I mean, she didn't hardly have, I mean, you didn't have hardly nothing. Everything she owned fit into the back of a car that barely ran. I mean, it was, that was a miracle car. That, that car was a miracle. What kind of car was that, Ayla? Yeah. <laughs> a Chevy Cobalt. How many miles did it have on it? Oh, man. Teddy, you remember how many miles that car had on? How many? Yeah. How? <laughs> Ted says, yeah, I bought it, but it didn't run. <laughs> it ran fine for Ayla. <laughs> she drove it back and forth to Lawton. <laughs> <laughs> Ayla's like, work just fine for me, praise the Lord. <laughs> you, there's something to that, though. There really is. Because one time Ted came over, he said, oh, I, I can't, my car is acting up. My car, it won't run right, Pastor. It just won't run. I'm like, come on, Ted. I said, why? I said, you have what you say. He's like, well, it don't matter where I say it or not, it's not working. It's acting up. When you, when you hit the accelerator, they don't want to accelerate. There's something going on with it. I'm like, you just keep on talking, Ted. You're talking yourself right now. I said, I said that car works just fine. He says, no, it don't. <laughs> I was like, yes, it does. In the name of Jesus, it does. I, I, said, we was gonna go, I said, let's go to lunch. I said, we're taking your car that runs just fine. I said, now I'm driving it because I don't want you putting no curses on it. He's like, all right, I want, he said, he said this, he said, I want to see this. <laughs> he got in next to me. I started that car up. I put it in reverse. Boom, and I was driving it crazy too. Because <laughs> The only reason I was doing it is because I was letting that car know it was I, who was in control. I'm in control. You working for me. You can quit working for him, but you ain't going to quit working for me. We drove it all the way to lunch. We drove it clear across Guthrie to lunch. It didn't act up. Now, I said, what happened, Ted? Well, I mean, it, was, it was. It'll do it again. It'll do it. I said, uh-uh, not with me. I said, you can have all that you want to. But do you remember that day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was waiting. He was waiting for that car to act up so he could go, see, I told you. I told you. But it, it worked, didn't it, Ted? It worked all the way there, and it worked all the way back. And I gave him his keys. I said, there's nothing wrong with that car. See, now, some of y'all don't get this. See, some of y'all be like, well, you just yeah, that. All right. Nothing wrong with the car. See, you don't, you don't think faith people are tempted to bow their knee to what? 
Amy, you know, that car, that car, Ayla, Ayla, get that car. She'd be like, you starting? Because I'm going to revival in the name of Jesus. Listen, that car, that car was, that car was tired. That car was, that car was tired. But Ayla, there's like that tired horse that walked me back to the stables one time. <laughs> the table, she, Ayla, man, the, the, the environment of your life. Come on, church. I'm not, I'm not talking about foolishness or presumption. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about when you put God for when you put God first, all of a sudden the environment around you begins to change to facilitate. Now, I'm I'm not saying you won't face uh uh the uh the Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. I'm not saying the weapon won't be formed. You'll watch the devil building the weapon. You'll watch people helping the devil build the weapon. But here's the thing. It won't prosper. Glory to God. Because the Bible didn't say the weapon wouldn't be built, but the Bible does say it will not prosper against you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that's what Ayla was doing. And she wasn't doing it on purpose. She was just, do, she was just doing it. What did she have to lose? She didn't have nothing to lose. Glory to God. We never picked her up on that turnpike. Never, not one time. Not one. We never had to pick her up on that. We never had to pick you up, Ayla. We never had to rescue you. I never got a phone call from Ayla saying, Pastor, can you come pick me up? I'm stranded. Now she gave that car to Ted. minute Ted took them keys and went. That car said, I'm retired. <laughs> Glory to God. Are y'all hearing this today? Listen, you, you, you're going you're gonna to change the environment of your house. You're going to change the environment over your children. You're going to change it. Listen, the, the environment's going to change so strong in your life. Listen, some of you are going to have trouble sticking that turkey at Thanksgiving. You're going to be so filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to try to raise from the dead right there at the table. That turkey going to be twitching, trying to come back to life. You're so anointed. Amen. Wouldn't that be crazy? You roll up at Thanksgiving, that turkey raised from the dead. <laughs> oh, maybe I went too far. But anyway. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I see, I just want to know him. I just want to know him. Because if I know him, everything else will be taken care of. If I know him, I'll know what to do. If I know him, I'll know where to go. If I know him, if I know him. Then I'll know where the supply is. If I know him, he'll tell me where to get my harvest. If I know him, he'll tell me where to sow my seed. If I know him, are y'all hearing this? If I know him, I'll know what is seed and what is bread. I'll know what to give and I'll know what to, uh, I know what to keep. Amen. Praise God. All right. Amen. Did that help you all at all today? Praise the Lord. All right. Well, I'm going to glory to God. <laughs> I couldn't even get to the other question, Carolyn, but uh, 
I don't even remember what the other question was. <laughs> but I have been, I have been in my spirit. I, I believe the Lord told me something about our church. Can I tell you this as we close? Oh, yeah. So those that don't come on Wednesdays, and if they don't listen to this, they won't know it unless the Lord leads me to tell it again. But the Lord spoke to me, uh, not this uh, this Sunday, but the, the Sunday that I was here uh, prior to Pastor Hans coming, the Sunday I preached. Y'all remember I got up and I went to the front and I told Gabe something when he was up here playing. I said something to Gabe. And then I come back and we we and I, I and then I said something else. And then I think, did, was that the morning, Shelly? That wasn't the morning Shelly said something. Was it, was it the morning that, yes, it was. And then, yeah, that's right. The Lord told me that he was going to have you tell us something. So I, I, I had Shelly come up. Do you, know, do you know why all that transpired? Because while I was standing here in the middle of worship, the Lord said this to me. He said, I sure wish you'd get out of the routine. I was like, well, Lord, I didn't know I was in no routine. He's like, well, I wish you'd get out of it. And then you know what? He didn't tell me nothing else. He just said, I wish you'd get out. When God gives you a word like that, if he says something like that to you, man, I wish you'd get out of the routine or you need to get out of the routine. Do you know you don't have to, the, the less he tells you, the more liberty you have to be obedient. The minute he said that, I thought, you know what? He didn't tell me how to get out of the routine. He didn't, he didn't give me specific instructions. Usually, if there's something specific he wants me to do, he'll tell me. But the minute he said I was in a routine, I didn't want to be in it. Because routines create ruts. And ruts are just graves with both ends kicked out. So I, I was standing here, and I, we, we had just done that song, and I can't remember the song, but we was at the end of it, and something, something, something hit. We, we, there was something about that song that when we did that last part, Miss Rhonda was singing, and we, we stepped over. And so I'm looking, and I'm hoping that someone else is, this is the same thing is resonating with them. But I, I didn't see nobody uh, on the worship team that I thought would catch a hold of what I'd heard. So I went up and I got behind Gabe and I said, do that one part again. Start it over again. Start us at this part. And he told me, he told me what part and I said, that's the part. And I came back over here and we hit that part again and already we're out of the routine. I got up and I said some stuff. And then, the, then it was in my heart. Shelly has something to say. I said, all right. Shelly got something to say. She didn't know she had something to say probably until she started saying it. Amen. But sometimes that's how that works. You know, sometimes, sometimes if, I say, if I say to you, uh, uh, Shelby, if, I, if I'm up here and I say, Shelby, you have something to tell us. Don't, don't go to your head because your head will say, you ain't got nothing to say, girl. Just sit right here. Girl, all you thinking about right now is feeding these kids. You know, you know, because that's what you're thinking. I got to get these kids fed or they're going to go crazy here in a minute. And pastor letting everybody get up there and talk. That, that's what your mind will say. That's what my mind says. But maybe you didn't hear what I heard. And maybe you do have a word. We had a 20-week revival breakout, Calvary Temple. Because pastor, the pastor of that church said, you have a word for us tonight, brother. It was on a Wednesday night. The Lord told me, you have a word. 
He said, you have a word, don't you? I was like, in my head, I was like, I ain't got no word. I ain't got, oh, no. I, I was like, he goes, Lord, tell me you have a word. Get up here. I was like, okay. So I got up there, and I was like, let it come out, Lord. Pretty soon, words started coming. 20 weeks later, we're still in revival at that church from that one word. Amen. So get out of the routine. I mean, if I'm, if I'm telling you, believe it. Believe what God said. Believe what God said. The Lord spoke to me. He said this. He said, uh, y'all are going to get out of the routine big time. It's easy for us to get in routine. But God wants to break us out of the routine. So you need to be hearing him. You need to worship the way he tells you. Who you, you was it you broke, broke out running this last week, Gil? Was it you? Yeah. Good, good job. And everybody else that followed him. Amen. Run, run, run. Break out in the name of Jesus. Do what's in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Amen. But we, we definitely need to break out of the routine. Things have become too routine. You'll find when you get there in the presence of God and you're following the leading of the Spirit, it's not routine. It's not the same way all the time. It's not the same way all the time. You got you to follow Him every day. Every day. He won't lead you this. He won't lead you this. Sometimes He won't lead you the same way twice. Amen. You can't count on the thing he last told you working today. One day he'll say, don't, don't say nothing to them. Don't say a word. Next day he'll be like, don't you dare quit talking to them. One day he'll say, don't lay hands on, don't, don't you lay your hands on one person. I am not going to touch anybody here in this building today. He told me that. Then the next night, he's like, don't let anyone get out of here without touching them. Well, I went to slapping people all over that building. They're hitting the floor under the power of God. I mean, not one person got touched the night before. Not one. And they tried to get me to pray for him. I was like, no, nope. Lord said no. My pastor's wife was mad. These people came to be prayed for. I'm like, I don't care what they came for. Lord said no. Lord said no. The next night, it was on like Donkey Kong. The Lord's like, man, it was like Donkey Kong. I was running. <laughs> Amen. Stand up, everybody. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This best this Christmas will be best Christmas y'all ever had in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Because the devil been trying to tell some of y'all this is going to be the hardest year. It's going to be the most difficult. No, not for you. Amen. You go into the store and when they ring it up, yours is going to be 90% off. Nobody else's will be. Lewis, you're going to roll up to the register. They're going to be like, this is, this, <laughs> this, this ringing up for $10. Well, how much is it normally? 500 Is it on sale? No, I don't understand. It just keeps ringing up for $10. We can't get it to ring up for no. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to have to give it to you for $10. That's right. Amen. 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 Glory to God. 
Amen. Thank you, Jay. It's happening to me already. I had to fly home commercially after we dropped off the airplane for the interior. I'm at the gate. That lady got a bunch of people on a different flight to Oklahoma City. Only 50 people on our plane. She said, well, there's only 50 people. There's not very many people on this flight, so we'll, we'll, get, we'll board you very, fairly quickly. I went up. I said, what are the chances of me being able to sit in the seat that has more room in front of me? Because, you know, they want to charge you $50, $60, you know, to upgrade. I'm like, you got anything in first class? Oh, no, first class is full. I'm like, well. She said, I'll tell you what, though. She says, I'll put you in an exit row. Do you, do you mind performing the duty? I said, not at all. Just put, man, I sat up in there free of charge. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I was all, I was all stretched out. Michael Salazar texted me. He said, boy, the landing over here, I had a gusty wind. And I took a picture of myself. I said, I hate flying commercial. <laughs> and I took a picture of where I was at. He got the text. He's like, dude, you got the best seat. That's the seat everybody fights over. You know, you know y'all know it. Y'all know it. Yeah, man. I was like, free. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. 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 See, we got to believe God for favor. Amen. Favor. Say favor. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for what you've said to us today. Lord, I come against the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus that's trying to come against not only our folks, but everybody all around. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus, we are not participating in this sickness and in this disease in Jesus' name. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. How many kids are in the back, the little children? Are little children in the back? Any little kids? Babies? Bring the babies in here. I'm laying my hands on them. Bring them youth up in here, too. Tell them to, I know they're playing, but bring them all up in here. I'm going to lay my hands on these kids in the name of Jesus. Because them kids, they're the ones that, they're like little germ magnets. Come on, children. I want y'all to come up here real quick. All, all you kids, come up here real quick. If you, if you come up for prayer in the morning, I want you to come up for prayer real quick. I'm about to rebuke all this junk off y'all in the name of Jesus. Come here, Zorvitz girls. Come on, I'm going to have the youth come up here too. Glory to God. Now I, I'm speaking over you and over your families in the name of Jesus. I declare that this year you're not going to be carriers of infirmity. I declare no virus is coming in your house in the name of you. Come on, babies. Come on. Come on up in here. I'm going to pray for you. Come on, youth. I'm going to pray for y'all. Come on, Rosie, come up over here. Come on, sissy. I'm a man, look at this, an army of them. Y'all come up over here. It's all right. Get up in here. I'm gonna pray for you. Elefredia. Tom Ronde de Maradriosha to the Bocorodriata. Now I'm praying for all the ones that aren't here too. I'm praying for all the ones that aren't here too. But in the Amen. Asher, you're looking good, buddy. Look at you. Amen. All right. Look at me, y'all. I know maybe y'all don't understand this, but I'm going to tell you right now. In the name of Jesus, no sickness and no affliction and no infirmity is coming near to your house this year in the, or next in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
I don't care whether you believe it or not. I'm telling you right now, in the name of Jesus, you're walking in divine health, divine healing, and divine wholeness in the name of Jesus. And so I declare this over every family, over every kid in Jesus' name. Lord, when the germs be touching these kids, they'll be dying. They're going to be like your son. They're going to be like your son, John G. Lake, that that sickness couldn't even live on his body, that those germs would die when they touched him. Lord, every germ, every virus is going to die if it tries to touch these babies in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that they're walking and talking and living in divine health in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Titus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that that foot. That that foot's not weak. It's strong. I thank you, Lord, that that foot is not going to be problematic, that he's not going to be sensitive. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that he's well, that he's healed and whole in the name of Jesus. And God, you're going to use him for your glory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Healed and well. Glory to God. Well, in the name of Jesus. Well, in the name of Jesus. Well, in the name of Jesus. Well, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. And everybody that believed it shouted amen. 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 All right. Listen, I love you all. I appreciate you guys. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I will see you guys back here later this week or next or the next. Amen.